Second Thessalonians chapter number three. Second Thessalonians chapter number three. This letter began with a discussion of the persecutions, tribulations, hard times facing the saved, born-again people in this little church in Thessalonica. It then shifted toward the end of the letter to dealing with disorderly and disobedient members of the church and wraps up with this word, verse 13, But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. This was a church in the first letter in chapter 1 that was known around the world for their evangelism. Many a Christian had a season of fervent evangelism and then grew weary and is no longer engaged in the practice. They were known for having a, a, a great, we saw in chapter, uh, the first letter, chapters 2 and 3, having a great local assembly they had love for one another, respect for leadership, devotion to the doctrines of the, of the faith. And as you know, some people uh, just get tired of that. You wouldn't think that you would, but they do. And then trouble comes, hardship comes. It might be uh, physical, it might be spiritual, it might be affliction in your body, it might be affliction from the world as you stand for the Lord. But uh, some people just have had all of that they can take and they, they just sort of fade out. And then the troubles arise and if you could talk to uh, pastors each day as I do, uh, none of them is tired of winning souls and none of them is tired of studying the Bible and none of them is tired of preaching the Word of God, but they, they sure get tired of dealing with disorderly conduct. And it's interesting that the Lord, as we come to the close of these two letters, he says, be not weary in well-doing. Be not weary in well-doing. Be, the world would be a better place if lost people got tired of sin at the same rate that saved people get tired of serving Jesus. <laughs> if lost people got, got tired of going to the wrong places as rapidly as saved people get tired of going to the right places. But it, it certainly seems to have been an issue 2,000 years ago, and we would certainly have to agree it's an issue today, that uh, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll just get weary, not of well-doing, but in well-doing. They, they, they didn't stop doing right. They got tired of doing right, and then they stopped doing right. And Maybe tonight you're on, you're on top of things. Maybe tonight you're as, as, as mountaintop as you've ever been in your Christian life. Or maybe tonight you're still going through the motions, but you're tired of it. And you're still in, in your place and have your Bible and, and, and going through the motions. But you've grown weary in the well-doing. And, and I hope the Lord will encourage your heart tonight. There are two, two results of growing weary. We'll discuss that. And then six items in the Bible that will deliver you from or prevent you from becoming weary in well-doing. Father, help me tonight, please. I want to help your people. I want you to help me as we read from the Bible together. And I pray that you'd use these words, God, especially, especially in the lives of those 
that are just at the point of, of giving up or giving in or giving out, I pray, God, that you'd help everyone tonight. In Jesus' name, and amen. Deuteronomy 25, Deuteronomy chapter 25, there's a congregation of people that have been saved by the blood of the Lamb, delivered from bondage in Egypt, miraculously transported across the Red Sea. They have had God provide for them everything they've needed year after year after year as they've traveled in the wilderness on the way to the promised land. The promised land just didn't come as rapidly as they thought it would. The journey was just not as easy as they thought it would be. And some of them grew weary with the journey. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy 25 and verse 17, Remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way, when you were come forth out of Egypt, how he met thee by the way, and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee, when thou wast faint and weary, and he feared not God. So what happened here is some people in that congregation grew weary. And as they grew weary, they fell to the back of the pack, and then they began to linger separate from the pack, some distance between themselves and the congregation. And in came an enemy that had no fear of God and picked off those that were weary. You, you, you don't want to begin to fall out. You don't want to begin to drop back. Because those who hate God will come and pick you off one by one. They'll not come after the whole. They'll not come after the, the fervent marching as close to Moses as they can get, as, as close to that pillar of cloud and pillar of fire as they can get. They, they won't come after the, 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 the bulk of those that are marching toward the promised land. But they'll get the stragglers. They'll get to stragglers. Tonight, if you're a straggler, you know it. Nobody else might know it, but you know it. Tonight, if you're lagging behind and you're just tired of the march and tired of the journey and, and tired of, the, uh, of all that goes with it, uh, there, there's an enemy that hates God and would delight in culling you from the congregation, would delight in cutting you off from all the blessings of the Lord. Look at Job chapter 10. Here's the second uh, danger of growing weary and well-doing. Job chapter number 10. You say, who could, who could blame Job for being weary after all that he went through? We're not going to blame him, but we're going to learn from him. You say, I, I wouldn't blame a man that had uh, family members die and lost his income and was in terrible health. I wouldn't blame him for anything that he did. No, you wouldn't and you shouldn't, but God did. And God set him forth as, as an example of someone who endured his temptations and came out on the other side. But God didn't spare Job the record of uh, the tough time he had dealing with it on the way through. The Bible says this in, in Job chapter 10 verse 1. My soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say unto God, do not condemn me. Show me wherefore thou contendest with me. Is it good unto thee that thou shouldest oppress, that thou shouldest despise the work of thine hands and shine upon the counsel of the wicked? 
Hast thou eyes of flesh, or seest thou as man seeth? And are thy days as the days of man, or thy years as man's days, that thou inquirest after mine iniquity and searchest after my sin? Job said in verse 1, he was weary. And when he got weary, he went from the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord, to condemning God and finding fault with God and accusing God. It's not a good situation. It's not a good situation. And I, I, I'm just, I'm being honest with you. When trouble comes in our life, when some great setback or difficulty comes in our life, our first move is to draw nigh to God and trust in God and rally to God and, and people gather around us as Job's friends did. But then when the Lord doesn't lift that burden as rapidly as we wanted Him to, when the Lord doesn't end that trial as quickly as we hoped it would end, if, if we're not careful, we'll grow weary. And when we go, we grow weary, we begin to speak against the only one that can help us. And that's not a good situation. So tonight, if you're weary of a burden or of a trial, if you're weary of being part of a congregation that just keeps marching year after year and doing the same things year after year, and, and can I give away a really good sermon tonight that I've, I've not preached yet? <laughs> Moses, if you read Exodus through Deuteronomy, Moses pastored a congregation of people for 40 years. In those 40 years, there are only five or six exciting events that ever took place. And every one of them was some kind of crisis. You know, most of life's just boring. Most life's just doing what you're supposed to do day after day after day without any wow to it, without any fireworks, without any... Uh, they saw miracle after miracle after miracle in Egypt. Left Egypt, God parted the Red Sea. He said, well, then they didn't see any miracles after that. Really? Food falling out of the sky every morning? Food falling out of the sky every night? A light from shining from sky to ground to guide you and show you where to go? You know what happened? It just got routine. It got boring. It got, eh, we've seen God do that before. What do I go to, go to church for? What do I got to read my Bible for? What do I got to witness for? You know what happens? You get weary. It's not, it's not always persecution. Sometimes just life isn't, isn't all that exciting. And I would say to you that most of the exciting things in your life you wish hadn't happened. Now, you young people, you don't get that yet because you think smashing into stuff and jump out, jumping your bike over things and busting yourself up, you think it didn't hurt. It did. It just hadn't started hurting yet. <laughs> All right. So we got to be careful that we don't get weary and speak against God. We got to be careful we don't get weary, fall behind and get picked off. So what do we do? What do we do? Uh, how do we deal with weariness? Well, six, six points. They're all easy ones. Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah chapter 50. You probably knew I'd start with this, but the reason we always start with this is God seems to always mention it. Isaiah chapter 50. And verse number 4. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. 
He waketh morning by morning. He waketh my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. The cure for weariness is get up every morning and hear the word of the Lord. Don't ignore it. Don't neglect it. Don't rebel against it when you hear it. Get up. Start your day, not with the news, not with the weather, not with the breakfast, not with a chit-chat, not with an argument. Start your day with the Word of God. The Lord God had given me the tongue to learn it. I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. So if you weary in well-doing, get back in the book. If you weary in well-doing, read it like you used to read it. So what's that mean? You were excited about it. You were hungry for it, and you did what it said. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, you sit in church and get weary and well-doing because you listen to what somebody else read in the Bible. You're not reading anything in the Bible. You're, you're, you're seeing other people do what God told them to do in the Bible. You're not doing what God told you in the Bible. You get tired of church if you're not participating. You'll get tired of hearing somebody else talk about the Bible if you're not in your Bible. You don't want to be weary and well-doing. you got to feed on that word every single morning. All right, Isaiah chapter 40, while we're in the neighborhood. Isaiah chapter 40. These verses were on a poster on a wall in a Sunday school classroom when I was about 11, 12 years old. And they just got in my heart and got in my mind and have never left. And so it's a good reason to bring your children to Sunday school, uh, something to get in there that they can't get away from. So the Bible says in Isaiah 40, verse 28, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. So yeah, I just get tired of things going wrong. Uh, you, <laughs> let's see, how many things you've seen gone wrong? How many things God has seen gone wrong? Yeah. I just get tired of people dealing with people who aren't doing the right thing. How many times you've had to deal with that? How many times God's had to deal with that? Come on now. It, there, you know, are you saved? You know somebody who knows about weariness. You know somebody who knows about getting worn out with things and worn out with people. Why don't you, why don't you go to him, see, see how to handle it. He says, hast thou not known, uh, hast thou not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, feigneth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. You say, I don't understand this. God does. He giveth power to the faint. See that? And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Praise the Lord. You, you can run in the flesh, your body will give out. You can walk in the flesh, your body will give out. But you get close to God and you run for the Lord. You get close to God and you walk that Christian walk. God just keep giving you energy, keep giving you energy, keep giving you energy all the way home to the finish line. Praise the Lord. Yeah, come on. Come on. You say, well, you know, I'm just, I'm tired of the Bible. I'm tired of church. I'm tired of witnessing. I'm tired of people doing this. I'm tired of people doing that. I'm tired of the world. I'm tired of my life. You haven't mentioned God. 
Seem like all your thoughts have to do with people. Seem like all your thoughts have to do with problems. Seem like all your thoughts have to do with things that go wrong. You know what the Lord said in Isaiah 40? I'm not weary. Why don't you come talk to me a while? I'm not worn out. Why don't you come get, get close to me like you used to be? The world was as big a mess when you were on fire for God as it, as it is if you backslid. The, sure. Amen. Sure, sure. Church had the same amount of problems. There were the same number of sick people when you, were, when you were excited about Jesus Christ as it is when you lose interest. You just got to catch up with the pack, get back there close to God again, and let Him renew your strength. You can be as excited about Christianity as you've ever been tomorrow. If you want to be, if you want to be, wait on the Lord. He'll renew, look what he says, they'll renew thy, their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. That's flying pretty high. Run, not be weary, walk and not faint. All right, 2 Samuel 16. 2 Samuel chapter 16. 2 Samuel 16. Somebody's talking today, they're doing some preaching, they're talking about how to help young people deal with, with uh, uh, critics and bullies and negative comments and things uh, on social media. How about just get off the stupid thing? That might help. But you know, we live in a day and time when you young people now, they don't have to go out in the world to be in the world. They can bring the world right into, the, into the, where they're dwelling. And, and you live in a time when, when ungodly people don't have to come into the church to mess up the church. They can, they can come in the church through your devices and your comments and all that. But anyway, I will show you. Uh, here's a man. He's been lied about and slandered and run out of town. And, and things, are, things are really bad for him. This is uh, King David, and he deserves a lot of it. But the Bible says, uh, uh, verse 5, uh, 16, 5, when King David came out to Behurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, son of Giri, came forth and cursed still as he came. He cast stones at David and all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei, when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou man of Belial. And so before any of you get the big head because God's using you, and I hope that he will, and before any of you think that sin doesn't have any consequences, and I hope you don't think that way, but once, once upon a time, David had people dancing in the streets and singing about his military victories. Now he's got a man cursing him and throwing rocks at him for killing people in the war. Life can change pretty quick. I mean, one week they're crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And the next week in the same town, the same people are crying, crucify him, crucify him. Life, life, life can be rough. Verse 8, Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, which is a lie. Uh, David didn't kill Saul or anybody in his family. Whose stead thou hast reigned? Lord delivered the kingdom in the hand of Absalom thy son. That's not true either. God didn't do that. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief because thou art a bloody man. Well, that's not true either. <laughs> David was taken in his mischief, but Shimei I don't, doesn't know why God's driven David out of town. All right, so Abishai said, I'm going to go kill him. And some other men said, I'm going to go kill him. And David said unto verse 11, no, don't go kill him. Verse 12, it may be the Lord will look on mine affliction 
and the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. So David run out of town, being cursed, rocks thrown at him, lies being told about him. Verse 13, David and his men went by the way. Shimei went along on the hillside over against him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary and refreshed themselves there. You see that? He did, God didn't take out the cursor. He didn't take out the rock thrower. He didn't take out the liar. You know what he did? David got in the right company of people and was refreshed by the, co the company that he chose to keep. You having a hard time, people saying things about you, people doing things to you, uh, something go wrong on the job, something go wrong in the neighborhood, something going wrong in the nation. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. What, what got David through a, a time of weariness and got him back into a time of revival was keeping the right company. Uh, and you, listen, you know, it's human nature. You, you know this true. I know it's true. When you need to be with God's people the most, oftentimes that's when you want to be with God's people the least. You got to get yourself in the right crowd. Get yourself around people that are singing. Get yourself around people that are praising God. Get yourself around people that are encouraged. Let them pick you up and you can't pick yourself up. Praise the Lord. So David's in the, in the right crowd. Look at 2 Samuel 23. 2 Samuel 23. So what do we have? Hearing God's word. Draw nigh to God. Let him renew your strength. Keep in the right company. Here's the fourth. 2 Samuel 23. This is a great place to preach from. Lord's let me preach this passage many times to good effect. The uh, Bible says in verse number, um, verse number 8, uh, These be the names of the mighty men whom David had, the Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains. The same was Adonai the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. That's a bad boy. And after him was Eleazar the son of Dodo. Well, you'd have to be tough if you had a name like that. Uh, the... The Hoite, uh, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel gone away. Everybody else ran away and hid, but they didn't. They stood and fought. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave under the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. Now, look, you, what you just read? This man is weary. But he didn't put down his sword. And this man is weary, but he just kept fighting. And God was able to work in the life of a weary man who wouldn't quit in a way that he can't work in the life of a strong, powerful man who does quit. Amen. You weary and well-doing? Just keep fighting. You weary and well-doing? Don't put your sword down. Keep swinging it. I mean, these are simple things. But you get weary and well-doing, you'll stop doing the simple things. All right, Galatians chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6. I told you this is easy tonight. 
Galatians chapter 6. Don't be weary in well-doing. Feed on the Word. Draw nigh to the Lord. Keep the right company. Stay in the fight. Galatians chapter 6. Verse number 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Hope you believe that. He that soweth the Spirit shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. Hope you believe that. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Fifth thing, simple. Simple, easy to do. We can all do it. Fifth thing is, keep looking forward to the promised reward. Yeah. When you say, I don't see where this is doing any good, it's not about what you can see. It's about what God promised. Yeah. I don't see where things are going to come of this. It's not about what you can see. It's about what God told you was going to happen. If God said, if you sow righteousness, you're going to reap blessed things from the Lord. You don't have to see that. You have to believe that. And when you're weary, you press on in the strength of that belief and the strength of that confidence. Amen. Man, you have, you have that little baby and you're holding that baby in your arms and you're so full of hope and, and certainty that you're going to raise the next spiritual giant for Jesus Christ and, and you're doing pretty good and then the terrible twos are followed by the terrible threes, followed by the terrible fours and the terrible fives. And the you got to believe God. Train up a child in the way he should go. Bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Sow to the Spirit. And you got to trust God. Got to trust God. Well, I've given out all these tracts. I haven't seen anybody saved. I've knocked on all these doors. I haven't seen anybody saved. Did, did God say He wanted you to save them and for you or that He wanted people to get saved for Him? You know, there's a verse people quote it. They, they just quote part of it. Uh, Lord said, My words going forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void, but will accomplish the thing whereunto I sent it. He didn't say it wouldn't return unto you void. To Him. He's the Lord of the harvest. That's His grain. He lets us go out there and work in His field. It's His field. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheep. Well, you better not bring them, take them home. They're not yours. You gather them, but they're His. You, they belong to Him. So I, I think I like a lot of times we do, we do, we do right for a while. Uh, we serve God for a while. We work for the Lord for a while. We stand for truth for a while. And if we don't see immediate results, we get weary in well-doing. And Galatians chapter 6 says, I have promised you, I have promised you that good is going to be rewarded. You've got to work in the, in the light of and in the strength of that promise and it will keep you going. Amen. All right, Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter 12. This is one of those radio program sermons. We're get in, get done. Hebrews chapter 12. So why is this such a short sermon? You can't preach long to people that are weary and well-doing. <laughs> you just got a limited window there. You got to... Got to squeeze it in. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. 
Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That's not a good thing. Despising the shame. That's not a good thing. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now stop for a minute. Aren't you glad that with all that that came Jesus' way, aren't you glad he didn't quit? Aren't you glad he saw it through? What if Jesus had said like, like three weeks before Calvary, I don't see where this is doing any good. I mean, I've done all these miracles and I've performed all these wonders and Peter's out there saying he never knew me and my disciples have fled and run away and Judas has sold me out and betrayed me. I think I'll just go back home to heaven. Aren't you glad he kept going? Aren't you glad he didn't? didn't why? For the joy set before him. Now watch this. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You see that? You will stop serving the Lord if what you're looking at is how unsaved people respond to your service for the Lord. You will stop serving the Lord if you focus on what sa how saved people respond to your service for the Lord. But if you look at what Jesus Christ did for you, when you consider what He endured for you and what He suffered for you and what you have because of it, doesn't that make you want to do something else for him? Doesn't that make you want to give him one more day? Doesn't it make you want to try one more time to please him? Amen. See, here's what happens. If I get my eyes on that world out there, it'll wear me out. If I keep my eyes on Christ who went to Calvary for me, it'll recharge me every time. If, if I get my eyes on you and you get your eyes on me, we will wear each other out. Look at that cross. Look at that cross. I know it's hard to, to lock in. I know it's hard to pay attention. It's, it's only 30 minutes, 40 minutes. That first Sunday of every month, it's there for a reason. Look again at what Christ suffered for you so you could be saved and have eternal life. It outweighs bad news. It outweighs difficult reports. It outweighs disappointments. It outweighs lack of see seeming lack of fruit. It outweighs everything else that happens in our lives. And makes us want to read that Bible again. Makes us want to fellowship with God's people again. Makes us want to pick up our sword and fight again. Makes us want to draw nigh to God again. Look what he says. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. So picture the Apostle Paul. I mean, he's... He's the great Christian. He really is. He's the great evangelist. He's the great church planter. He's the great recorder of doctrine. And he's in prison again. 
and he's written a letter to a church where everything is going great except some men won't get a job. They're, they're living a, in a parasitic condition and draining their society and their congregation. And the Holy Spirit of God gives Paul a letter and he writes that letter to that church and finds out a year later, those guys still haven't got a job. And he writes a second letter, has to deal with the, he says, do you not remember when I was with you? I taught you about the rapture. I taught you about the tribulation, the antichrist. I taught you about the second coming. You don't remember that? But they didn't. And then the Holy Spirit says, we got to deal with that, that not working thing again. And after half a chapter on it in 1 Thessalonians, we have to have another chapter on it in 2 Thessalonians because the rebels in the church. Paul writes it down. And can you not, listen, can you not blame the guy if he sits there with his bones aching from all the beatings that he's taken? and his life being cut short from all the times he's been in prison and thinking to himself, what is the use? Why am I doing this? And the Holy Spirit says, before he said it to you, before he said it to the church at Thessalonica, he said to Paul sitting there, be not weary in well-doing. Write the letter, send the letter, get out of jail, go start another church, take another beating. And if you're thinking about quitting, remember what I endured so you didn't have to go to hell. <laughs> and Paul, who needed that admonition probably more than I do, because he suffered a lot more than I did, says... <laughs> Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. Don't you think it's odd that, that right, right after God told him to write to the Thessalonians, don't be weary in well-doing, he wrote to them, if you won't be weary in well-doing, the Lord will give you peace always by all means. I think he found that out. I think he's... he's on the brink of being weary and well-doing, and the Lord tells him not to be, and he, he follows the steps that are required to keep from being weary and well-doing, and he says, I just want to let you guys know, I'm going through more than you're going through, and God's given me peace. I don't know how, but always, in all these things I've suffered, God's given me peace. So you have the the commandment of Jesus Christ, but you have the testimony of the Apostle Paul. Jesus said it would work. Paul tried it and Paul said it works. Yeah. Praise the Lord. If you need revival tonight, maybe you're the only one who knows it. Maybe nobody in your family knows it. Maybe nobody in your church knows it. But if you've grown weary in well-doing, you're going, you're going to become a straggler and somebody that hates God is going to pick you off. Or instead of praising the Lord, you're going to start speaking against Him. Blaming Him for things instead of leaning on Him. Don't want that to happen to you. So what do we do? Hear His words every morning. Allow Him to renew our strength. 
keep the right company, stay in the fight, look forward to the reward. Most of all, don't ever, ever forget what Jesus did for you. Amen. Heavenly Father, help us tonight. We get tired physically. We get tired physically. We start drifting and slipping away and our hearts get cold and we get wrapped up in other things. And Oh God, please, please. May you find us as a church. May you find each of us as an individual making certain that we don't grow weary in well-doing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.